0: This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthWorkerCollective.com. I'm Sam Halverson. I'm from the North Georgia area. live in the Canton area, which is north of Atlanta, but I uh, work with the conference office in the area of youth and young adult ministries. I'm curious.
1: You're 35 years in youth ministry. What? I mean, there's a lot of change, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like there, there, that's from, that's all the way from overhead projector to iPhone. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of change there, but I feel like there's probably a lot of things that have stayed the same, right? There's a lot of consistent things in that. I, I'm curious what seems to be the, um, the, uh, a consistent thread that you've seen over those years in ministry, like what, What is a timeless part of that?
0: Um, I think one, you know, some of those things I I think are things that we take for granted. Um, One is that whenever youth speak up in the body of Christ, whether it's worship or a meeting or anything like that, the, the adults tend to listen to them. They hear it. And I don't know that we lean into that as much as we. I know we don't. We the youth don't take advantage of that. The adults don't remember that. Don't take advantage of it. I mean, definitely there are times when a do, a youth are trying to be pushed into their own space and their own thing. But, but when a youth um, speaks their mind, speaks their uh, their concern or their excitement, um, I've I continue to notice that that the adult leadership, that the leadership of the congregation or of the conference um, pays attention and hears it. Another thing that I think has stayed consistent is parents' concern over their teenagers. Unfortunately, when I was a really young youth minister, I tried to keep a big separation between the parents and the youth, um, and that would be something that I really learned later that, that I was cutting off some opportunities there. Um, and, and Sticky Faith has shown us as well as other uh, research has shown us that parents have a huge part to play, the most important part to play in the faith development of our kids. So bringing parents more into that and helping them has been real helpful more recently. Um, and then I would also say just youth, a, a negative thing, youth being busy. They have always been really busy. There's some obviously who, who are not and can get to a lot of different things that you plan but there are just so many that when i plan stuff over the years they want to be there but they got two other things they're having to say no to so that they can go to the fourth thing that that's on their calendar or on their list and um and that's something that parents and youth i think continue to struggle with yeah um i've been thinking about how it's always interesting to see How God's work speaks to people in their time, as well as how it speaks to God's people again and again throughout history. How it speaks even to us today in our time. And I've been recently reading prophets like Habakkuk who have been speaking of injustice and violence being done in the world around them. And when I read that, I often find these prophets are asking God the question over and over again, how long, O Lord? If you're so just and so merciful and so concerned about those who are powerless, then why are you not stepping in and stopping this injustice? How can, you, how can you let this happen? And some of our youth are asking those same questions. So I want you to listen to these words of Habakkuk as he considers what he's witnessing in his day. And these are from Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? and you will not listen or cry to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. Look at the nations and see, be astonished, be astounded for work is being done in your days that, would not, that you would not believe if you were told. And then Habakkuk in chapter two, at the beginning uh, of that, uh, decides what he's going to do now because of his question of God. And here's what, what he says he's going to do. He says, I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what God will say to me and what God will answer concerning my complaint." Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a runner can read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Through all of the stuff that we've been witnessing these recent months in the world around us, Can you think of times when you've been asking questions like Habakkuk has been asking? Haven't you also recognized and been troubled by the injustice and the violence in the world? And you've probably wondered like Habakkuk, God, why do you make me see such wrongdoing? And why do you make me look at trouble in the world? Why do these terrible things keep haunting my vision, oh God? Why do I keep dwelling on on what's wrong. Lately in my prayers, I've had a consistent request of God, and this even started before COVID. I've been asking God over and over for for God's heart to love as God loves. And at first, I thought this would be an easy thing. After all, um, love is good. Love is eternal. Love never ends. It feels good to love others. Solomon asked for wisdom, but But love, according to scripture, is the greatest of all gifts. And so, thinking around that, that whole idea that love never ends and and with it one can change the world, I ask over and over for the heart of God. And whenever I do, I often hear a response from God. And the response is, You don't know what you're asking for. This is going to be harder than you think. I keep thinking of, You can't handle that much love. (laughs) Harder than I think. How, How could I be so clueless and think that asking for the heart of God could put me in a state of happiness and help me feel all nice and happy toward life? This is going to be harder than you think. So I relate over and over again to Habakkuk's question. I find myself asking like Habakkuk does, why, oh God, do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble and God answers because you asked for it because this is what God this is what it is to have the heart of God to love when we seek the heart of God we find ourselves also touched and disturbed by evil and injustice and violence in the world having the heart of God doesn't just mean we see the beauty and the goodness in the world having perfect love doesn't close us off to what's broken. In fact, loving as God loves means hurting when God hurts. It means recognizing what it's like to be on the cross and see what humanity can do. It means being troubled and feeling pain for those whom God loves who are experiencing trouble and pain. And you are standing in a time and a place when and where God is sharing God's heart. When you feel pain and sadness at how people are being forgotten, when you see people fall victim to injustice and violence, you wonder and you ask, how long, oh God? It's because you have been given a portion of the image of God. You are feeling these things because you have a share of God's heart. Habakkuk struggled with the violence that he saw, and he asked, how long? And then Habakkuk said in the second chapter I'm going to keep watch I will stand at the wall of the city and keep watch and see what the Lord is doing through these recent months you've seen injustice you've uh, you've watched it sometimes in your own location God has made you look at the violence God has troubled you with how things are in the world take heart this is supposed to bother you This is supposed to rile you up. If it didn't, you wouldn't be sharing in the heart of God. So as you stand and watch, as you wait and ask, how long, oh God, look for what God is doing. We believe, as Christians, that God redeems this world. And while God doesn't cause injustice, and your youth might need some guidance in that, God doesn't cause this injustice. God doesn't bring on violence. This isn't what God has planned. God does allow these things to be redeemed and bring and show forth God's glory. So watch. What is is God up to now? Look at the nations and see, it says in chapter 2. Be astonished. Be astounded. For a work is being done in your days that you would not believe if you were told. God's doing something even now that you would not believe if you were told and as you stand at your watchpost as as you wait on the rampart and look for the signs of what God's doing i want to ask you what do you begin to recognize God is up to now i'm sure some of you are able to see some glimpse of how God is redeeming the church or redeeming God's people redeeming the world how is God using this troubling time to show a vision of God's perfect reign to show a vision of 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 what God's glory looks like I would encourage you as as prophets called to speak these things uh, to our young people um, help them to recognize what God's doing if we truly believe God's doing these things then they deserve to be told they deserve to be announced help them to see that a work is being done in our days that we would not believe if we were told that God's doing amazing things. So Sam, what about you? Mm -hmm. What are you seeing? Um, Somebody asked me that yesterday as well. um, As we were talking about, where I was going to go with this message. And, and I think one of the things, uh, one of the thoughts I thought of right away was I think God is, I, I, I thought immediately about burning away the chaff or clarifying or rending uh, that, that, that action of rending things or refining uh, fine metals. I, I, I see God as, as, especially in the area of worship as uh perhaps for for many communities god helping us to see how worship had become in some ways very um self-centered what am i getting out of worship what how do worship isn't meaningful unless i can feel something from this rather than uh pointing worship toward toward god and when we start spending our time worshiping in in these places where where if we are in fact lifting our hands to God, or if we are in fact singing out loud, we're not doing it because the person next to us is is expecting it and we're not doing it because the lights are really cool and there's this fog on the floor. We're doing it because we're in the presence of God right there in our living room. Um, and, and so I think that God is doing some wonderful things there with worship, uh, kind of getting back to the heart of worship as the old song used to say. Um, I, I think maybe, that, that could be happening as well in youth ministry. Somebody had, you had, I think Jeremy, you had written some of the youth who, um, who might not have felt comfortable being up front doing some of the leadership. They weren't necessarily your, the exact words you were using, but the point being there are some youth who are stepping up now and feeling comfortable with the online stuff that would normally not feel comfortable stepping up into a leadership role when you're in place. And so we're able to allow uh allow for that those youth are being able to develop some of that as well early on i kind of i kind of felt like it was a it was an artist i had this image of an artist who was working on this huge painting and had been working on this one area for so long and developing that painting and then realized up in this corner it's still very sketchy and now now that part of the painting is being worked on and developed as well. And I think with the body of Christ, well, I I see God working on a different part of the church, a different part of our ministry, even our own individual youth ministries. Um, And I think if we only look at when can I get back to the way it was, then we're going to miss out on some of the things that the Holy Spirit is really doing with the way things are now. Um, some of the amazing people that are able to step into some leadership roles or some learning roles that we couldn't reach out to before, um, some new and, and wonderful opportunities that, uh, that are now the focus and still part of the bigger picture. Um, we're not abandoning the other, but we're, we're able to connect them all hopefully soon.
1: Well, Sam, thank you so much for that. I, uh, I, in the middle of this, have moved churches, and um, and also moved across the country. Uh, I'm now in California, and um, and that um, that prayer for the heart of God, and that idea that
0: um, <laughs> maybe you can't even handle it fully. <laughs> yeah Um, i I think of jack nicholson saying you can't handle handle the
1: truth (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's helpful to me and thank you so much